48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. Lawmakers say there's still room for a variety of political views in LegCo despite the disqualification of civic passions Cheng Chung Tai. A survey finds two-thirds of young people would rather work as freelancers than full-time employees. And President Biden promises the US will hunt down those responsible for two suicide bomb attacks that killed scores of people at Kabul airport. Independent lawmaker Paul Sayre has dismissed suggestions that the disqualification of Cheng Chung Tai as a legislator demonstrates how the government is trying to eliminate opposition voices. Mr Sayre said the ousting of the civic passion activists only removed what he called one colour from LegCo, adding he believed people with different political views are still allowed to serve Hong Kong. Mr Cheng was yesterday stripped of his seat after national security officials decided he isn't loyal to the SAR, but details behind the decision were not made public. DAB chairwoman Starry Lee says she thinks there's still a variety of views in LegCo after the removal of civic passions Cheng Chung Tai. Ms Lee says she believes the government had considered Ms Cheng's past views before coming to the decision. She added that the work of LegCo won't be affected. Over the past months, uh, we demonstrate that we study and scrutinize every bill presented by the government. And uh, also we will raise different suggestions to the government when they have a policy come to the Legislative Council. The High Court has granted bail to a Hong Kong University student charged with advocating terrorism under the national security law. 19-year-old Yung Chung Hei is among four HKU students accused of promoting terrorism at an HKU student union's council meeting in July by mourning a man who stabbed himself after knifing a police officer. West Kowloon Court had originally granted bail to Mr Yung, but the prosecution challenged the decision and took the case to the High Court. Justice Esther Tock said she believes the student would not continue to commit acts endangering national security under strict bail conditions. Mr Young was released on a cash bail of $50,000. As part of his bail conditions, Mr Young is not allowed to leave Hong Kong, publish any comments or commit any acts that may endanger national security. Starting from today, students aged 12 or above can get a same-day ticket at 24 community vaccination centres from 7.45am on a first-come, first-served basis. Some students who got vaccinated without a booking said they wanted to get their jab before the school year starts. This secondary two student said he got vaccinated because he didn't want to have online lessons anymore. I'm afraid there'll be restrictions and I'll be told to have lessons at home, so I got my jab. I wanted to wait before getting vaccinated because I was afraid of the side effects. Now I'm not afraid. Covid is more scary. Originally I wanted to book online, but I heard the government's giving out same-day tickets, so I came to try my luck. A survey has found two-thirds of young people would like to work as freelancers rather than taking up a full-time job. The Concern for Grassroots Livelihood Alliance interviewed 220 people aged between 15 and 24 this month. Many of the respondents said they would like to try out different jobs when they first start working and prefer a flexible working schedule. The group urged the government to provide more labour protection to freelancers in view of this emerging career trend. Catherine, who's 25 and works as a gym instructor, a model and a private tutor, talked about her concerns. 
There is no like a standard template for us to sign with our clients. Well, I'm lucky that I haven't run into any sort of like conflicts like that. Like my my client always pay me they're responsible. But then,、um, what if something happened? Like I don't know who I can go to or like what I can do with them. So ideally, I I would love to have a contract to sign with them so that we can like kind of guarantee our own like rights. The Education Bureau has rejected calls for more class time for physical education, saying that might actually cause schools to cut the total exercise hours for schoolchildren. At a LegCo meeting, many lawmakers requested more time for exercise for children. Among them, the DAB's Vincent Cheng said only two PE classes a week are not enough, and falls short of the government's advice that everyone should exercise for 30 minutes a day. But through an interpreter, the Education Bureau's Ashley Leung described the increasing of lesson time as having the wrong focus. The present arrangement was decided together with the schools, and it is a professional decision. So, before there is widespread consensus to increase the number of lessons for PE, would not be good. If that is the case, and perhaps for some of the schools, they may cut their sports programs beyond the classroom or shorten the PE lessons. The DAB has urged the MTR Corporation to boost connecting facilities for access to stations along the Kowloon section of the new Tun Ma Line. After a survey found that some residents still preferred taking buses over trains due to the inconvenience, the party surveyed nearly a thousand people who live, work, or study in the Kowloon City District about their use of the line. Nearly 40% of the respondents said they'd never used the MTR line, with some of them saying the stations were too far from their homes. Is the DAB Starry Lee? Based on this figure, a lot can be done by the MTR and also the government to attract more people to take the MTR as the way to go in and out. And we would like to urge the MTR and also the government to improve、uh, more, especially the、uh, add the connectivity and also add more attraction to the general public, so that people can more willing to to travel on that. And also, one thing I would like to add, they have to speed up the part that is make this、uh, line. That can go directly to central. I think it, this also helps. Turning overseas, President Biden has promised that those responsible for the deaths of 13 U.S. servicemen and scores of Afghans in two suicide bomb attacks at Kabul airport will be made to pay. Here's the BBC's David Willis. President Biden called it a tough day, but in a defiant address from the White House, he went on to describe the U.S. service members who died in the suicide bomb attack as heroes and the best America had to offer. They were the first Americans to die in Afghanistan since February of last year, victims not of the Taliban but its avowed enemy, ISIS-K. The president said the U.S. had a good idea where those responsible were hiding, and that he had instructed his military commanders to make plans to attack them. Asked about the reliability of Taliban forces to secure the perimeter of Kabul airport, Mr. Biden said that whilst he didn't trust the militants, he believed that keeping the airport open and completing the evacuation on time was in the Taliban's interest as well. The evacuation mission would continue, he said, vowing once again to find. Any Americans who wanted to leave Afghanistan and bring them to safety. At a Pentagon briefing earlier, the head of U.S. Central Command, General Kenneth McKenzie, told reporters that further attacks on the airport were likely. As many as a thousand Americans and many more local support staff remain in Afghanistan, with just five days to go before the deadline for America's withdrawal. 
As we just heard in his emotional speech, President Biden paid tribute to the Americans who lost their lives. We have some sense, like many of you do, what the families of these brave heroes are feeling today. You get this feeling like you're being sucked into a black hole in the middle of your chest. There's no way out. And I know this. Of the fall on this day, they're part of a great and noble company of American heroes. A new British study of side effects from the COVID vaccine suggests increased risks of blood clotting and internal bleeding after an actual COVID infection. The research, based on records for more than 29 million people, found the risk of developing the condition was nine times lower with the AstraZeneca vaccine compared to contracting the virus with no vaccination. Professor Aziz Sheikh was involved in the study. The vast majority of people vaccinated don't experience these. So in relation to these outcomes, these vaccines appear to be very, very safe. A small number of people do get these outcomes, sadly. Um, these risks seem to be comparable um, with other vaccines, such as the flu vaccine. And if you develop COVID-19, the risks of these same outcomes uh, from our data are just so much higher. The man who led the European Union's negotiations on Brexit, Michel Barnier, says he will challenge Emmanuel Macron in next year's French presidential elections. From Paris, here's the BBC's Lucy Williamson. For months now, Michel Barnier has been dropping hints about his wish to be French president. Back in April, he told me it was not the time to announce his candidacy, that he first wanted to work on unifying his divided political party. Mr Barnier is one of a handful of right-wing figures to declare themselves candidates so far, and the party is currently arguing over how to decide between them. Mr Barnier is proposing a moratorium on new immigration and says he wants to restore the authority of the state. But the man who made his name as a Brexit negotiator is also promising reconciliation. Dozens of children abducted from an Islamic school in northern Nigeria three months ago are reported to have been released. 136 pupils were seized from a seminary in Tegana by gunmen demanding a ransom. The BBC's Julian Bedford reports. The school's head teacher, Abu Bakr al-Hassan, said all his pupils had been released and were being brought home. They're apparently being taken first to the state capital, Mina, and it's uncertain when they'll be reunited with their families. When that happens, it will be the end of a long ordeal that began when 200 gunmen stormed the school in Tegana. It's uncertain whether a ransom has been paid in defiance of the orders of President Mohamedou Buhari, who's been trying to stop the wave of abductions that began late last year. Back locally, latest government figures show Hong Kong's home prices have risen at a faster pace to near record levels in July. The home price index released by the Rating and Valuation Department has increased by 0.46% to 396.9, just 0.15% off the last record set in May 2019. Flat prices have risen for seven consecutive months by 4.3% so far this year. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,530. That's 114 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $68 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.98 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 66 cents. To sports now, we start at the Paralympics in Tokyo, where Hong Kong swimmer Tang Wai Lok has failed to defend his title in the 200-metre freestyle S14. 
The 24-year-old missed qualifying for the final after finishing 10th in the heats. His time of 1 minute 59.77 is more than three seconds behind his own Paralympic record of 156.32 set in Rio 2016. In the women's 200 freestyle, Hong Kong's Chan Yui Lam finished 9th in the heats and is also out of contention. European football giants Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain have been drawn to play each other in the Champions League group stage. The BBC's John Murray has details. It's Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain being drawn in the same group that grabs the attention. City knocked PSG out in the semi-finals last season, but since then Lionel Messi has arrived in Paris. RB Leipzig and Club Bruges are also in Group A. The holders Chelsea will play Juventus, Zenit St. Petersburg and Malmo. Liverpool have been drawn with the Spanish champions Atletico Madrid, also Porto and AC Milan. And Manchester United will play Villarreal, the team that beat them in last season's Europa League final after a marathon penalty shootout. Also Atalanta and the Swiss champions Young Boys. Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola has confirmed he will lead the club in 2023 when his current contract ends. Guardiola joined City in 2016. He now plans to have a break after seven years in charge of the English club. Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta spent three years as an assistant to Guardiola at City. Arteta was asked how his mentor compares to the greats like Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger. I don't know, obviously the longevity of uh, Sir Alex and Arsene, uh, it's incredible what they've done. I think Pep has brought uh, a lot of new things and a different way of, of playing and, and I think what he's added uh, to this country is, is exceptional and it's going to go in the history of the Premier League for sure. Man City host Arsenal in the English Premier League tomorrow night. The five-time Ballon d'Or winner Cristiano Ronaldo is on his way out of Juventus after the Italian club said they're willing to sell him. The BBC's Jordan Elgott reports. Italian giants Juventus have told Cristiano Ronaldo that they are willing to sell him this summer, but only on their terms. Ronaldo still has a year left on his contract. His future has been the subject of increasing scrutiny and he was left out of the starting lineup for Juventus's opening Serie A match with Udinese. Ronaldo's agent Jorge Mendes has spoken to several major European clubs about potentially signing him, including Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain. On the pitch, Celtic are through to the Europa League group stage after beating AZ Alkmaar 3-2 on aggregate. To the weather forecast, it'll be mainly cloudy with occasional showers and squally thunderstorms. Showers will be heavier at times at first. Winds will be moderate easterlies and gusty at times. The outlook occasional showers over the weekend, but the showers will ease off later on Sunday and on Monday. The weather will be unsettled on Tuesday and Wednesday. Currently, the observatory, the temperature is 24 degrees Celsius, relative humidity at 92%, and please be advised the thunderstorm warning is currently in force. To end the news, the top stories once again. Lawmakers say there's still room for a variety of political views in Lechko, despite the disqualification of civic passions Cheng Chung Tai. A survey finds two-thirds of young people would rather work as freelancers than full-time employees. And President Biden promises the US will hunt down those responsible for two suicide bomb attacks that killed scores of people at Kabul airport. The news from RTHK.
Afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday afternoon. Friday, the twenty seventh of August, is today's date. Many thanks once again to James, James Ross, 
for the morning brew. Phil Whelan will be back in the hot seat next Monday. On today's 123 show, we'll be starting with this week's Paralympic Spotlight. Cece Radford speaks with Hong Kong's two Paralympians, uh, Paralympic badminton representatives Daniel Chan and Tony Chu, as well as their coach Liu Nam Min. Daniel and Tony will be chatting how they feel ahead of the games and coach Min Nam will be talking about his hopes for the first appearance of badminton at the Paralympic Games. That'll be in about 10 minutes or so and uh, after the 2.30 news. I don't know.